Welcome back, everybody, to the number one sports podcast to listen to. You know who it is. It's us. It's your boys. Welcome back to the Donald and Donald podcast. Double D. We doubled off script, baby. Baba Shop Sports. And you know we coming at you straight off script because that's what we do. Uh, giving you that brand new fresh look at the things you think you already know about that's happening in the sports world today. Go ahead. Take a seat. Let's chop it up, baby. <laughs> I love it, baby. I love when we do this. We got a great show for everybody out there in podcast land and everybody just listening everywhere that they can listen to it at. All right. We're going to talk about that college football final four, BCS. We're going to talk about them Heisman Trophy finalists and we're going to talk about that in season tournament and then you know we got to talk about that week 13 with the 14 preview and your number one thing to listen to what you be waiting for all week long that double d, d. <laughs> that dynamic what d that dynamic duo of the week yeah the dda the dynamic duo award but we got to start right here College football rankings is finally in, D-Baby. We got them four teams that's uh, been uh, set up and paired up for the uh, BCS uh, games and all that's just happening. The championship and all that in college football is percolating. But let's talk about these games right quick before we get to that, and then we're going to see what happened. Okay. First of all, we know this right here. We know that number eight, well, we know that Oregon and Washington played. Mm-hmm. That was a 34-31 game. Okay? Washington won it. We also know this. Texas played Oklahoma State. Texas won 49-21. Georgia, they got beat by Alabama 27-24. Michigan mollywhopped Iowa 26 to Bagel. And then Florida State won that game against Louisville 16-6. Now, I say all of that to say this. We end up with Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Alabama in the BCS Bowl Series. D, take it away, man. What happened? I told you they was not letting Alabama not be in this playoffs. <laughs> it just don't. We we all knew it was coming. Um, even I called the win for Alabama in the SEC Championship. Still, I don't understand the criteria of the the. What's the rules to this thing? Are we just making it up as we go? Um, just the Florida State whole debacle is insane to me. Um, 13-0 Power 5 Conference, ACC champions. Uh, y'all, only reason is we lost our starting quarterback. We still won these games. We went into the swamp with our second-string quarterback, won that game. We went into the ACC championship with our third-string quarterback, Won that game. Does that not matter? Does that not? And in the games we won, it was double-digit victories versus Alabama having to take a fourth and 31 against their bad rival team. Yes, they beat Georgia. Yes. And, but cool. If that's what you're saying, I still, my spot should still be secured. But y'all said, basically y'all are saying, if it should be called Power 5. Gotcha. It shouldn't be called Power 5 anymore. Y'all should bump it down to Power 4. Because y'all treat the ACC like we're Mountain West. And that's not fair. It's not fair. We got we only play with who we got on the field. What about that defense? That defense who did everything right. Not listen to no players. They got all the, you know what I'm saying, all the pieces to still go out there and compete. 
They have a great head coach who realizes his situation and is doing the right things to get his guys to that victory. Y'all are punishing these guys for no reason just because y'all got an agenda. And there's no y'all can't defend it anymore. Right, exactly. So let's chop this thing up a little bit more about what you're saying. So number one, uh, they saying that they looked at that game. I guess the committee or whatever. They said it wasn't enough offense. Okay, but like you said, you just made a case in point about it. Hey, it, it don't matter. We won the game. Okay. The other thing about it is, uh, Florida State coach finally said, in order to get our kudos, and in order for us to really be able to do what we need to do, we got to leave the ACC. What you feel about that? Um, and it's the same thing that people said about Clemson when they was going on their runs to national championships and things like that. They said we don't play anybody. But if you look at it, I think we got four or five teams in the top 25 right now. How don't we play anybody? <laughs> right. How don't we play anybody? Mm-hmm. And in, in a year when the SEC was not as dominant as it was, I want to say they had below 500 record against the other Power Five conferences. So what? What do we? It doesn't. We. I say it all the time. SEC is the best conference in college football. Yes. But other than that, all these other conferences are right around the same thing. Big Ten is really two teams, two, three teams in their whole conference, and they all on the same side of their divisions. It's uh, Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. You want to know why they always win the championship? One of them always going to win because they always going to go up against Iowa, Nebraska, uh, uh, Indiana. Like, it's, so, it's not even. Pac-12, right. you got Oregon, and now you got Washington who's been – Hot these past two years, but isn't ACC? You got Clemson, you got North Carolina, you got Florida State who's back, you got Miami who's was having a resurgence a little bit, you got NC State, you got like what do we? We got teams in this conference. Yes, it's not as top heavy as y'all. Ours is spread out. Like is y'all are top heavy? Y'all divisions is Georgia, Alabama. They they lead there. You know. Uh, then you go to who? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tennessee, Tennessee fell down. Florida <laughs> fell off. Right. Who was Texas A&M was bad. Ole Miss, okay, they were – you got Mizzou. They all in the same category as Florida State and all these other teams. Clemson. So what do we – it's just I think we hold them to a, a certain standard to the fact where we can't even defend it. Any, there's no way of defending it because you put such a – you put them on such a high pedestal. I just think no explanation will, will cover the reasoning. Like, it just won't make sense. Yeah, and I have to agree with you on that 100%. It seemed to me like you know how we go about the eye test, and right now what the eye test is saying is that you're just going to get more watchers, you're going to get more lookers when Alabama's on the field. That's all it is to it. You know, but all that hard work, man, and I do think it's a disservice to the teams that had a perfect record and to those players that play their hearts out every single game because they love the game and they want to play at the highest level. And it's not like I'm, I'm 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 screaming for undefeated Liberty to be in the college football playoff. No, I understand their situation. They didn't play a single Power Five team. I understand their situation. They do deserve a good bowl game, though. But this isn't the same thing. An undefeated Power Five team who went, they scheduled a number five LSU early. When they played them, LSU was number five. Whooped them twenty one points. Like whooped them. Yes, that's not the same. Offense. That's that same defense who went out there and contained the Heisman favorite, Jaden Daniels. That defense is legit. Right. It's legit. They're real. The offense is is, and that just shows it's gonna have to 
They should be in. They should be in strictly off of body of work. They've done it all year long. They've been a top four team all year long, and they didn't. You don't have the same reason as what I was saying about Ohio State and, and Georgia. They lost to oh, Ohio State lost to another top four team. Georgia lost to another team that y'all was saying needed to be in the playoffs anyway. They still dropped significantly. Georgia dropped down to six. Yeah, dropped all the way out like, pretty much. Um, Then you get Florida State. They just didn't – they don't have none of those reasonings. Like, they didn't lose. They took care of business. Whatever circumstances they were faced with, they handled it and took care of business. Even that ACC championship was against a top 15 team in Louisville. Held them to six points. I got you. I got you. So, when you look at this, we have Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Alabama. That's who we got. Just in your in your thought process, who should it have been? Um, Michigan, Washington, for sure. Mm-hmm. The Texas, Alabama thing, I, I think I called it. They couldn't put Alabama in without putting Texas. Okay. Because of that head-to-head victory. Mm-hmm. But if that's the case, you're telling me Texas is better than Alabama. So, it should be Florida State at three and Texas at four. Got you. Got you. Yeah, and so that means Alabama shouldn't have been in there. Alabama then. shouldn't have been in. All they, Alabama played spoiler this mm-hmm. year. That's what they did. It was not Georgia number one when number all one, season long. They bounced back between like number one. I think they was number two for like a week or two. So their body of work means nada at nothing, this point. Nothing at all because of a three point loss in the SEC championship. What about Ohio State? Give me your thought process on Ohio State and everything. You know, because do, do you have anything to say about them or they shouldn't have made it anyway? Um, top four after the after the way it played out, uh, it would be hard to put them over Alabama, Texas, Florida State. Okay, all right. Even Georgia, it, it just would have been hard to put them over those guys. Um, I think they're just right out. They're still above Oregon and my like. They still would be. I put them in before Oregon. Um, yeah, it just after that after seeing Alabama beat Georgia, um, Texas being Alabama, uh, it's tough because I know they lost to now the number one team in the nation. Exactly. Touchdown. And so Alabama finished uh, off their uh, regular season. Basically, we could say winning how many games in a row? Uh, About three or four. No, nah, because that, that Texas loss was early. So they won a good eight, nine games in a row. Okay, but they won the ones that you would say they would have to have won, period. Oh, yeah, they that, could have not lost any of those games and even had a, any slight chance. After that Texas game, they couldn't they couldn't have took any more else. Okay, all right. So this is what we got lined up as far as these bowls games and everything. <clears throat> Rose Bowl. We got Michigan versus Alabama. Sugar Bowl. Washington versus Texas. Okay? That's what we got. And then from that, we're going to have the BCS champion. Okay? Top of the world, baby. So when you look at that, who's playing who? We got it. We said it. Now, this is what I want to ask you. Who you got playing, man? Who you got winning? Um, Number one, Michigan versus number four, Alabama. Out of that game, I think I'll take Alabama. Just because of what their offense has been able to do lately. Um, I do like Michigan's defense as a whole, but I just think that offense, same thing that I thought about with Georgia. Um, I just think if Alabama gets up, it'll be hard for them to fight back into that game. Um, It's going to be a close game, but I got Alabama coming out of that one. Uh, Washington, Texas. I'm going to take Washington. Okay. All right. 
So, so like that victory against Oklahoma State and everything, where they put up forty nine points, that that don't you don't really swing too hard with that. No, it don't really move me. Okay, all right. So you got Washington, then you got Texas. Okay, for the BCS championship, right? No, I mean, I'm sorry, Alabama and Washington yeah. for the BCS championship, right? So out of that, who you got winning that? I just think Washington's. They've been through like they've been through some tough games. Like that Oregon Pac-12 championship game, um, I want to say early on against the Utes. They've been through tough games, and I think that experience. And they got a leader who would be my Heisman pick any other year if it wasn't for Jane Davis. Um, so I would take Washington just because of that that feeling of I, Alabama's going to push them to the limits, but I feel like they've been there. I feel like they'll know how to respond. Um, and I just think Michael Penix is going to be that difference maker. In that game, just head on it. That good leader, he confident in himself. Um, so I got Washington coming out of that with a close one. Okay, well, give me give me a score on that game right quick. Um, I'm gonna say 31-28. 31-28, Washington. All right. So let me ask you this: So you you don't feel that Alabama is gonna win by default? Nah. Okay, because I really, I'm really interested in watching this game, seeing what's going to happen, and how this thing is going to roll, man. I think you got some great games just taking this lined up, and we really have to see how this thing plays out in the end. Uh, before we go into a couple more bowl games and honorable mentions, uh, this thing going to be fixed next year, right? Yeah, man, we go to 12. Okay, all right. Expansion, so so, so kind of give me your, your mind. Thought process on that and everything with the new format for next year and and like so this should be a thing of the past. What happened this year? Yeah, uh, <laughs> we we won't have this problem again because mm-hmm. you just don't expect. The only thing now is with twelve, somebody might get in who doesn't really deserve a spot in there. But at the same time, if you're a top twelve team in the nation, who can argue against it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it, now, so I do know a couple of players and everything entered the portal, man, after all of this was said and done. And then you have, uh, what's the situation you have? <clears throat> you have Ka- uh, uh, Caleb Williams saying he ain't going to play no more because he's going he to make himself eligible. And you, and so we, how you feel about some of those power moves now? So now they like, it's a transfer uh, portal is coming into effect now with some teams that are not in where they need to be or where they thought they should be. And then Caleb Williams not playing. Uh, the transfer portal's been crazy. I want to say first day it was a thousand players who entered. Um, but we we're in a different age of they don't got to sit no more when they leave. They don't. It's why why am I gonna sit here if I'm not playing? Are the teams not doing as good as we thought? Are y'all bringing in six five stars in my same position? Why would I stay here? Um, it's just the access thing. Everything is so accessible to these players now. Um, it's hard. It's hard, especially being a Clemson fan, because Dabble just won't <laughs> he won't update his philosophies. Right, exactly. He don't touch the transfer. He don't touch it. Um, but this year we've lost some key players to the transfer portal from Clemson. So we just going to have to see. Um, and then as far as the players not playing, if you're going to the NFL, I understand, especially if it's not a playoff game. I understand not playing. If you're transferring or just deciding not to play that I don't understand. Even if you're saying, okay, I'm transferring. You played all year with these guys. You got to this point. 
it's a bowl game. It's a memory. It's something that you never, you may never get to experience again. Go out there and play with your brothers. They still your brothers, man. They they not the reason you leave it. They didn't do it. Hopefully, they didn't do anything to you. Like you know, it shouldn't be anything personal or anything like that. Just a business decision. But still, at the same time, finish the job. Finish the job that y'all started together. Um, like I said, I understand like Caleb Williams. Uh, I think Bo Nick said he might not play in the bowl game. I understand those players. Uh, that somebody from Washington, Alabama, Michigan, or some one of those teams said it. it, it It'd be a head scratch, yeah, wouldn't it? Different story, right? So uh, with Caleb Williams, he he projected to be the number one draft pick. Mm-hmm. So you still think that his stock is gonna stay where it's at? Um, I think yeah, he he helped this. I think what helped him is Drake May's fall off at the end of the year. Um, and it's not even Drake May fell off; the team started playing a little worse, and you know, quarterback gets that that blame. But um, I think that just. With his, with Drake May's stock falling a little bit, his stock stayed the same. Cause you know that was my battle of quarterback one, quarterback two coming out next. Right, exactly. It was going back and forth between those two. Okay, that makes sense to me. Now you know we got to get a couple more more uh, honorable mentions in right quick before we go a little bit further with this and talk about them Heisman Trophy finalists. So you do have uh, UNC, the North Carolina Tar Heels playing West Virginia, and I believe you caught it in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. <laughs> Who you got winning that man between UNC and West Virginia in the Duke's Mayonnaise Bowl? With what I'm knowing. Uh, I haven't heard anybody come out and say they're not playing for the Tar Heels. Right. So I would expect the Tar Heels to come out and win that game. Um, they still have a legit NFL quarterback back there. Um, I like some of those receiver weapons. Tez Walker from Charlotte, West Charlotte alumni. All right. Uh, holla out. Holla out. Shout, shout. Out there doing his thing. Um, so I, I think they'll have enough to win that game. Okay. Give me a score. Uh, I'm going to go 24 17. Love it. 24-17. We got UNC winning the Duke's Mayo Bowl, baby. All right. Now, these your boys. You got Clemson against Kentucky in the Gator Bowl. Now, I, I know how you feel about Clemson, but let's go ahead and through, through your eyes and what you see, who you got winning that Gator Bowl between Clemson and Kentucky, baby? Uh, I got my boys. We, 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 we started putting it together at the right time at the end of the year. Uh. You know, I'm hard on them, but I give them credit. They pulled it together. A little, little too late, you know, too little too late. But <laughs> I I'm a, I got them winning. Uh, I don't even think it'll be close, honestly. Okay. Um, you shoot, uh, give me that uh, score right quick. It'll be 31-14. Okay, cool. 31-14. All right, you heard it here, people. You see it, and we're going to see how all of this pans out, man. It's going to be very interesting. Now, I do want to say this one little thing before we move on. Alabama snuck in, okay? And I don't know. For some reason, I see him winning it, man. I just see him winning it all. And I, I just think it's – and I feel by default. And listen, unless it's just a catastrophic, catastrophic breakdown by Washington, then Washington should win this game. But, man – I just kind of have a little spoiler alert out there. The Alabama may may take it, and I don't even know what the score gonna be. I, and that's the thing. Uh, I don't put it. I don't put it past them. Um, 
And maybe I'm picking Washington as a little. I just don't want to see them win it. Honestly, I don't <laughs> the want team to, you love to hate and root against. I don't want to see them win it because I don't think they should be there. Right, exactly. <laughs> Even though I got them winning that first game against Michigan, mm-hmm. I don't think they should be there. <laughs> right, exactly. And it is what it is, baby. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen. Let's do this right here. Let's move on to the Heisman Trophy and the finalists. What we got there? You got Jaden Daniels from LSU, Marvin. Harrison Jr. from Ohio State. Boy, we Bo Nix, baby, from Oregon, and Michael Penix Jr., which is in what, you know, he could be going all the way with this thing. His team is still in there. So I need you to tell me how you feel about these four finalists, baby, who you got winning, and even more importantly, why? Uh, It's between Jay Dales and Michael Penix at this point. The other two are just there because you got to have four finalists. <laughs> yeah. But, um... In my eyes, I think you give it to Michael Penix Jr. Um, led the league, led the nation in passing yards, thirty-three touchdowns to nine interceptions. Got his team thirteen and zero, conference champion, playing for a national championship. I, I don't see what else is there to talk about. Yeah. So why? Okay. So with that being said, then why is Jaden Daniels leading right now, man, in the polls? I mean, he the, played the, lights out, the but numbers. the numbers is is undisputable. Is, uh, and you have to acknowledge those numbers. But you going on the complete body of work as far as uh, the uh, in contention for a championship and championship, and then plus the stats are also there. He had, like I said, led the league in passing yards, thirty three touchdowns. Um, but then you look at James, I want to say also he has 3,800 passing yards, 1,000 rushing yards, led the league or tied the league for um, passing touchdowns with Bo Nix. I'm not sure what he added on the ground, uh, but it's just them numbers is crazy. Yeah, 3,812 yards passing, 40 touchdowns. Plus a thousand, a hundred, yeah, a thousand hundred thirty-four rushing yards and an additional ten rushing scores. So that's fifty total touchdowns with four thousand total yards. Right, five thousand total yards. Okay, um, he was an electrifying player. Had a lot of great moments. That eight touchdown game, threw for three hundred, ran for two hundred in one game. Uh, it's just numbers that his video game numbers like you don't expect to see. So I think that's what it is. Um, they're just going off numbers. And that can win you a husband. Yeah, and it makes total sense to me, man. That now one more one more thing I want to talk about too, and we kind of touched on it. So with Caleb Williams and everything, he said, you know, I'm gonna sit this thing out and everything. I'm getting prepared for you know going to that next level NFL and all of that good stuff that comes along with that. All right, uh, who who you see him going to? Because you do know you do know that uh, the, the Chicago Bears have the number one pick. Mm-hmm. However, you want to look at it. I mean, even if the the Panthers still continue to do what they do, they the, the Chicago still got number one pick. Do you see him going number one to Chicago, or do you see him dropping in the draft? Um, I think he goes number one. Um, I think something happens draft night though, where the Bears make a trade to somebody who's willing to take that chance on Caleb. Um, somebody's gonna trade up and get him at number one. I don't think he ends with the Bears. Just it, it, I just got this weird feeling he's not gonna end up with, especially with them having two top five picks. I trade back because I'm still gonna get one of those quarterbacks. And so who you think they should take then? If it's not, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. So who you think that Chicago is going to end up with? Um, depending on how far you have to trade back, um, if you can stay at that in that top three range. 
I'd go Drake May. If you drop below that and Drake's gone, I think you take that. You shoot. Uh, you take that chance on Jaden Daniels. Okay, so it kind of when I think about what you just said and everything, uh, what I know that Chicago don't want is what what could be considered to be a number one, number two, uh, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud type situation. Now, when you look at that body of work, and we're looking at the whole entire picture as a whole, now. You do have to take in consideration now. We have to take all these points into consideration. The situation that Bryce Young was put in compared to the situation that C.J. Stroud was put in. So do you think with that being said, that it's a better situation for them to go with the Drake May instead of the Jaden Daniels, which has been playing out of his mind? Um, Yeah, they're, they're, they're in a totally different situation. Right. Uh, they have the weapons already out there established as a receiving core. Um, and that's the thing. You can go out there and get a Marvin Harrison Jr. as well to help out this rookie quarterback who also has DJ Boyle, who also has Khalil Herbert in that backfield. Um, that defense is coming together great. You go get Montez Sweat, things like that. Uh, I think they're in a different – yeah, they're in a different position. Their line holds up a little bit better than what we do. Um, and Drake May is a – I think they'll be fine with either one of those guys. Drake May is a – the prototypical stand-in-the-pocket big quarterback. Jake Daniels is the extend plays, elusiveness, can also burn you with my legs quarterback. So I think it's a win-win situation for them. You – that's why I say trade back. You gain more draft capital. Um, you take that pressure off of having that number one pick because you see what happens with the pan. You have a number one pick who doesn't succeed. The city's ready to riot. Exactly. Exactly. So when you look at that and what we just discussed, do you feel that if Chicago play this thing right, okay, then it's 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 the the NFC North is theirs to lose. Do you feel like they gon' they they can lock this thing up, man? Because you know you still got the the, the Packers and everything. They're building on some things, homegrown type situation. You take you got the Detroit Lions that we already stated as being pretenders instead of contenders. And the only other team out there right now in that uh, division is going to be the Vikings. And then you got quarterback situations and JJ not you know everything. Uh-huh. So do you think now they name it's back? It's time think- to start talking about them again. I think if they do the right moves, it'll set them up to finally take that league, to take over that division. I won't say the first year it'll automatically turn around, but two, three years if they play it right, yeah, I think they'll be the head runners in that, that division. Man, that's wonderful. It's going to be so exciting to watch, baby. Like, now, all right, so li- listen to this. We're still in college sports right now, and I do have to get your input on this one. Okay, let's go to college basketball for one quick second right here while we do what we do. You got to you got to talk to me about that UNC-UConn game. UNC lost that game, man. You, uh, Connecticut won that game 87-76. to 76. Now, uh, UConn didn't come in that slouches, man. They was 8-1. Okay, and and then them Tar Heels came in, at, you know, at whatever they came in at a seven and two or so, something like that. Seven it might be seven and one. Okay, so you had one loss on each each side or whatever. So you got to let me know how you feel about that, man. Uh, close game all the way throughout. The, I know it ended up being an eleven point game, but it, it was a closer game than that mm-hmm. all the way throughout. Um, we had a ample opportunities to snatch momentum and take over the leads and things like that. Just untimely misses. Untimely misses. I want to say Cormac, who is one of our best three-point shooters, had a rough night. 
Yeah, three for ten, zero for six from three. He had a rough night shooting the ball. Um, Baycott four for twelve. He did have thirteen points, thirteen rebounds. Um, just like I said, just a bad shooting night for us. Then, uh, like you said, that team's not a slouch. They came in number five in the nation, defending champs. Um, I knew it was going to be a tough game, but again, I'm saying a lot of positive things with this Tar Heel squad this year. They they do continue to fight. They don't give up. Uh, the efforts there, um, and they play as a team. They actually, I can tell they enjoy playing with each other. It's no egos out there. Everybody just enjoys playing with each other. I think that's going. And this loss is. I think this loss will be uh, a better factor going forward. It showed what the better teams in the nation look like, and that's what we're trying to get to. I, I'm still happy with it. Um, I'm still happy with us this early on in the season. Um, I wish we would have found a way to win this game, but it's hard. I guess it's hard when one of your better shooters have a off night this bad, and we really just didn't shoot well from. I mean, seven for twenty is not bad, but it all came from two players. Right. And the thing about it is, everybody is entitled to have a bad game. It can happen on any given now, any given night. When you take and you look at it, and when you talk about just, just real true, uh, a heart to heart basketball teams, college basketball at its finest, you want to have those bad games early. Mm-hmm. You do not want to have those bad games late. But I must talk about it. Okay. They're talking about that iron five. All right. You know what I mean? They talk about Hubert Davis and everything going back into his old ways, saying, oh, he just he really he's stringing his lineup. He only playing a certain amount of players. He ain't rotating like he need to rotate. The bench ain't getting the bench play. You got to talk to me about it, man. Because listen, UNC need to win. Yeah, I think it was just a a thing of the game got away from him. Um, cause looking at the minutes, it was heavy starters, and that's something that we haven't done a lot this year. It has been a lot of rotation going on with the team. Uh. Hopefully it's just hopefully it's something that we can fix going forward because we do have players on this team like Jalen Willis early on was doing good things for us as a defender. Um, I do like Jalen Washington, Seth Trimble, mm, Zayden Howard out there who needs more minutes. It, it, yeah, that's that was the thing last year just not being able to get guys on the court. Uh, hopefully, I, hopefully this was just an anomaly in this one game. Hopefully he does. And with us losing, hopefully he does see that he needs to get more rotation involved, get more different looks. Right. When I take it, I, I think about it, man, and it, it seems to me like uh, when, when I look at these games and when I think about uh, just you know playing any sport at its highest level, you have to be able to be adaptable and make minor adjustments throughout the whole game, uh, especially between the first half and the second half of any game, but even more so if you see something, do something. Yeah. Uh, because if you say, hey, hey, the other team's number one player is getting off too much, uh, the, the defense is not where it needs to be, the offense, it takes it. It needs to take a step up. You take you need to take the eyes off a cold shooter and see if you can find somebody that can warm up into it. Maybe the other one can get back into a rhythm. Or if you just need to drive to the basket and just see the ball going through the hoop a couple of times and going through the free throw line to get your stroke back. Okay? And the, the best coaches, the best teams, and the best players are able to do that at a high level. Do you think Hubert Davis has what it takes? Mm. It's... 
it's hard to tell, honestly. Um, I've seen him make adjustments. I've seen him do things in games while watching him. But it's the the bigger picture things like like we said they and they did it again this game. Uh, Spencer went off for twenty three. It's the letting somebody continue to stay hot. Just not those are the adjustments that I'm looking for. Right. How do you adjust the defense? I think the, our offense is what it's going to be. Um, it's a lot of with now it's Elliot Cadeau playing point trying to get RJ's shots going um, and then also move it's, RJ's our number one score option so it's like look for him first but Cadeau's also a great passer so he finds these open shots for Harrison Ingram uh, Cormac Ryan um, things like that so our offense is I figure what it's going to be it's just that defense how can we adjust to somebody starting to get hot can you Take out an R.J. Davis and put in a Self Tremble, who's a better defender. Let Cadeau play point that way. Like, there's things like that that I need to see. Absolutely. And you look at Baycott, you know, we love them double Ds, baby. He had a double-double with 13 points and 13 rips. And we love when we see those type things happen. So, you know, we're going to keep our eyes on them tar heels. Hey, we like to take and let's move on to women's college basketball. We want to start this one off with congratulations. To logo Caitlin Clark, baby. 3,000 points and counting. Go ahead, logo. Do your thing, baby. Uh, shoot till your arm falls off. You hear me? This was an in-state rival. You know, whenever you go to those in-state rivals, baby, what you get? <laughs> a good game. And this game was tight all the way through. It was shot for shot. Free throw for free throw. Rebound for rebound. You hear what I'm saying to you, baby? Foul for foul. But look, Caitlin, she would not lose. You know, Caitlin Clark, she don't like shooting unless it's 25 feet or more from the basket, baby. How you feel about that? I will win that thing. Bringing them under nine and one. Iowa wins 67-58 against Iowa State, baby. What you think about that win? Uh, it's just, they went back to their old ways. Letting Caitlin Clark win them a game. <laughs> yeah, man, this starting lineup, Caitlin Clark had 35 points, man. Other than that, Martin had 16, and your other three starters combined for four points. Combined for four points. Yeah, Talk to me. <laughs> Woo-wee. Yeah, she scored 35. The, the, the team scored 32. <laughs> <laughs> So she single-handedly outscored the rest of the team. Right. And if Martin didn't have that 16, boy. I know. It probably would have put a little damper on that 3,000-plus points that she done scored and put in there, man. And it's just it's scary when you – because if you look at the other team, they had – they only had two people, but it was everybody contributed something. Mm-hmm. They had two people with double-doubles. Uh, the freshman Audi Crooks out there had 15 and 10. Big five five, boy. She, boy. She, she was making it happen, baby. I seen her down there in the yeah, paint. Yeah, she's she's a monster. She's a beast. But um, good win. Same concerns. Same concerns about Iowa that we 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 touch on all the time. Um, but looking at it, other than Caitlin Clark and and Martin, nobody took more than five shots. Yeah, yeah. 
And I think that in the back of my mind, because, you know, the stands was full because Caitlin Clark was in town because this was played at Iowa State. Uh, her family was there and everything and everybody was looking on and uh, they knew what she was going for and how it was happening. So I think that was added motivation uh, to what was kind of happening. And I, I think that this night, it was two things that was going on. It was it was that 3,000 point mark on the line and, and Caitlin Clark refused to lose. You know, but like we say, uh, and I think it may have been a situation and I'm, I'm going to give them a slight pass but not much of a pass that they was wanting to watch her do it so but this cannot continue man you hear what i'm saying it's no way because i'm trying to tell you she's gonna run out of diesel she's gonna run out of fear before you get to the end of this I'm thing i'm saying you, you you start getting into that that back end of um ncaa tournament teams defenses start you you start getting a little different looks from defenses you they start getting a little more physical Getting up in your face more, um, sending blitzes at you, double teaming off picks. So you're not gonna get the same looks that you've been getting, and you're gonna have to give up the ball more. That's when they're not taking the shots now. Why would you want them taking the shots in the big games? Right. Right, exactly. So you're going to have to balance that out, baby. You know what Caitlin is going to do. She's going to give you 110% every single night. The thing about it is you got to look at the big picture, and that's what we like to do. Look at the big picture. Is she getting foul trouble? If they lock her down, if she have a bad shooting night, and she has the ability to do that, and it's okay to do that from time to time because that's just how it works. Yeah. But you're going to find yourself losing a game you're not, either not supposed to Oh, you could have won because hey, these other cats have got to step up. And it's you know, we it's a rhythm thing. We all know basketball is a rhythm thing. Mm-hmm. And if you're standing around a lot of times, then automatically out of nowhere they they throw you the ball to, to hit a big shot. Those aren't the you got to have a different mindset to be able to make those shots. You know, yeah, you have to be locked into a different. Like a, you got to tap into something different. Like stay locked in at all times, right? For that to happen, and that's just a hard thing to do. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that, man. But I'm so happy about our girl, Logo Clark, man. She's really playing uh, basketball at a very high level. And, you know, we're going to keep our eye on her all season long in all of women's college basketball, all of men's college basketball, because it's just in all of college football. It's just so much great sports to watch right now, baby. Okay, people, you know what it is. We done done talked about the college side of things. As soon as we come back, we're going to talk about them professionals, baby. What am I talking about? the NBA in that in-season tournament, baby. What else? We're going to have to talk about that week 13 and what happened and how it went down. And your boy D got it in store for you. The DDA, the Dynamic Duo Award of the Week, baby. Stay tuned. Don't go nowhere. We will be right back. Double D. Double D.